You already fucking know that's gonna be a good one with Mikey Hood on this shit. What the fuck? I'm surprised. I just asked him. He's like, "Fuck yeah, I'll do it." That uh, that makes me happy that you know these fucking cool hardcore dudes that I I've looked up to. Some of my favorite bands are just down to have a fucking conversation, you know, about hardcore and whatever else, you know. And it's Mikey Hood. He's crazy. He's a fucking crazy guy. That's why I love him. Um, we we talk about you know. The whole, the quarantine and lockdowns and how California is and all the bullshit. Um, you know, you know how he is. We love Mikey Hood. He's crazy and he has lots of lots of views on things and he's not afraid to express them. So I respect him for that. Uh, you know, especially small business owners are just fucking sick of this shit. Uh, regardless of you know, what's happening. They need to make money and it shouldn't be up to anybody else whether they can fucking be open or not. In my opinion, love it or hate it, I don't give a fuck. Uh, we should be able to do what we want as Americans, right? Am I right? I think I'm right. You probably agreed to. Anyway, um, like I said, this was a fun one. We talk a lot about his relationship with Detroit Hardcore and, you know, hanging with the coldest life dudes and shit like that like back in the day. And coming on tour, and uh, you know, just fucking living the hardcore life, man. Like that dude does 150 shows a year in a regular year, which is fucking absolutely insane. He's like the tour god of hardcore. I don't think anybody tours as much as him. Maybe like Terror and like Madball, you know. But he's all DIY, baby. There ain't no help in Mikey Hood. He does it all himself. I love it. A lot of respect for him. He's been doing this shit a long fucking time. Uh, we talk about tacos and cats and blunts and, you know, a powerhouse and, you know, whatever else. It's a good fucking time. He's a great guy. I can't wait to see Hoods again. Give him a hug and a high five. <clears throat> but, oh, on another note, next week on the podcast, the 29th, I'll have one coming out with our boy Camden Good. Some of you may or may not know him, uh, but he has a band called D-Block, and I will be releasing one of their songs for them on their new upcoming debut album, and uh, so I'm I'm lucky enough to be able to hear that shit, man. It's fucking heavy. It's some up-and-coming Detroit shit. It's going to rip your fucking head off. When shows start, you better watch out, but... Like I said, next week, the 29th, that will be released in one of their uh, debut tracks, and they will have their album out that Friday, uh, April 2nd, possibly, is what uh, they're projecting. Support them, add them on Instagram. Uh, yeah, I'll talk more about that uh, next week on the intro, but please uh, like or share, whatever the fuck you're supposed to do. All right, help me out here, guys. We're going somewhere. And, and keep the ideas flowing. I love it. I love your suggestions and opinions. I like your comments. Everyone's hilarious, man. All you hardcore dudes out there. 
All right. Go fuck yourself. Okay, yeah. Like whatever. There, let me grab. This meeting's being recorded. Blah, blah. Cool. Okay, let me grab a drink real quick. Is that cool? For sure. Take your time. Oh, yeah. Mikey motherfucking hood. Oh, shit. Yeah. Does it hey does this does this mean I'm a zoom dweeby? <laughs> yeah, I mean I guess so. I think I am now too. Hell yeah, man. I'm about to get fucked up though, bro. Look at old Milwaukee. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Good. No, uh I had I had coffee here, but I think we drank it all. <laughs> yeah, it does. No, it's it's a non-alcoholic beer though. I've been drinking like I think 150 or 160 days. I don't even know. Oh no shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been sober, so it's like I lost count it like a while ago. <laughs> Good. Well, uh, should I uh, congratulate you? Is it a thing that you made a decision just to stop drinking? Or you just said, ah, I'm just going to take some time nah. off. No, nah, man, because I've been drinking so much on tour. So when the pandemic started, I figured I'd act like I'm in a pandemic. So I just go sober while everybody else is turning into fucking zombies. I'm going to be the one killing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, get into shape and shit. I don't know. I was just like, everybody's losing their fucking minds, man. I'm just over here waiting for tour to start again, you know? I know, man. I fuck. I think a lot of people want to get out, get back on the road, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on, let me show my phone off here too. <laughs> well, let me call <laughs> some Cali shit out. Awesome. <laughs> Hey, so is this thing actually recording? Yeah, yeah, we're recording. We're good. <laughs> oh shit! <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? I'm Everybody not knows you. Yeah, look at my eyes. I look hella Chinese right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look at mine. It's the same thing. <laughs> oh yeah, but Joe, you're smoking blunts, bro. I've got these fucking. I got these shits with. I think they come with. Let me read the ingredients. It says marijuana, fentanyl, and a dead hooker's. Um, uh, DNA. <laughs> well, shit, that'll do the trick, man. Damn, that's just that's some heavy shit. This shit's called the bake bar. <laughs> I I just did product placement on your podcast, bro. Good. Shout out to whoever they are. Product placement oh. Taco Bell. What's up? Yeah, you know, I just did a dab. I didn't smoke no blunt today. It's still it's still hey, early. Way fucking done, bro. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> okay. man, you fuck with I, wax too? You do dabs? Yeah, well, I stopped smoking blunts because they were fucking my throat up. And then um, smoking joints and shit, like if the cops pull you over out here, they swab your fingers. They, oh, they, they they got these tests and shit. So if you've been smoking like a blunt or anything like with, with weed, I, you know, it, it, they'll they'll fuck you up out here. It's a fucking straight up DUI. Wow. You know, yeah, I don't got moving it. that way here, too. In uh, fucking Detroit, they're... Uh... They'll do like a mouth swab to see if you smoked in the past like that's, couple hours. Yeah. I think that's what it was. And you know, the place I saw that this was years ago, we were in Austria and we were, it, it was one of those nights I have this, I used to do a lot of drugs and shit. It was one of those nights where I, I was the sober guy at like fucking going to the next show. It was really weird. Cause I'm, when I'm on tour, I'm fucking fucked up. I don't remember the last 20 years of tour. I'm not kidding. But it was one of those days we got pulled over in Austria and these cops started swiping our fucking fingers and shit. 
I'm pretty sure they swiped my mouth. Thank God I, I wasn't on any fucking drugs or anything at the time. But the rest of the band, they were all fucked up. And here I, Captain, save the fucking day, drug-free Mike Hood. I'm like, yeah, bro, I don't do anything. In the last 20 you're a good hours. boy driving around the hooligans. <laughs> Hell yeah, no, I was going through fucking Austria, and I, I thought everybody's always like, "Yo, in Austria, there's no speed limit." So I'm like, "Okay," and I was doing this. I'm not kidding, dude. I was doing like 115 miles an hour in a fucking sprinter, and everybody's <laughs> asleep, dude. And all of a sudden, we're getting pulled out of the fucking the the fucking sprinter by the Gestapo basically these motherfuckers yeah, and I had no right. idea and and the thing is the thing is is I speak German um, I speak really good German I, I I'm my grandma's from Germany so I, I I grew up learning German when I was a kid and shit and they're like yo was ist los you know what's up and I'm like huh I'll speak that shit so I'm playing hella stupid and they're like fuck it we'll just let these guys go they're just fucking around blah blah and I'm just like and I look right at right as the dude, right as the dude said that shit, I looked at him like, yeah. And I think the dude was like, hey man, you know, like Vas is Los. And I was like, Alles klar. I was like, we're fucking out of here. No, so I started speaking German to this dude. He was like, he was he wanted to take his schnitzel eating fingers and just give me a little slap. Motherfucker, <laughs> you made his job harder. <laughs> Fuck that fucker. They spawned Hitler, fucking yeah. Austrian fucks. And then the fucking Germans. I'm German. We got to take take credit for Hitler. That's like Japan taking credit for the China virus. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, God. No political arguments not here. here. Not Just here. Keep sir. going with the interview. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck. That's yeah, I don't know. yeah, it is. It is. Sorry, I'm on a tangent, man. You got me stoned in the morning. I never smoke weed till about six in the evening, for real. What time is it? It's nine thirty there now. Um, right now it's it's a little past nine. I'm not sure. I don't want to touch this phone, dude, because <laughs> yeah. I just got this. I got this Zoom shit going. I I never use this shit in my life. I didn't. Everybody's like, "Yo, man, my kids on the Zoom thing and all this shit, man." I'm like, "Motherfucker, I got cats. I got no fucking kids. You dumbasses who who had kids, that's your fucking problem, not mine. Get a cat, motherfucker." <laughs> You young kids, get a get a fucking animal. If you don't want no responsibilities in life, don't go find a bitch and try to keep a bitch because you like her a lot at the moment. Because that shit will pass. Liking your animals, that shit doesn't pass. Liking kids, fuck kids. Yeah, <laughs> it's a. I got two kids. I got two cats though, so it makes up for. Oh it. man. That's nice. What are the cat's names? Uh, <laughs> you thought I was going to ask your kid's name. <laughs> no, fuck them. Shit. No. <laughs> um, oh, Sammy yeah. and Smokey, two girls. Uh, hey, both, there you go. Yeah, both, uh, they're gray. One's uh, Obsidian or something like that. Some along those. Yeah, yeah, then, yeah. Uh, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta fucking comb the fuck out of them shits, huh? Oh, yeah. They're... And she's mean as fuck, too. So, like, hey. like yeah. she's not mean to me. Like, she'll sit on me, but as soon as I touch, like, her back, she just fucking trips out. Like, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we got her off the street like eight years ago, but she's still fucking feisty. Well, long hair cats are kind of punks though. You know, my cats are all short hair. They're like skinheads that you know, they're boots and braces, you know. Puss Hell and yeah. boots. They ain't none of them long haired cats that get butt plugged or the butt hairs. You gotta you gotta get in there and like nibble I see people oh, their cats in their ass. <laughs> And I'm like, see, fuck those kind of cats too, man. Long-haired cats are punks, bro. I only fuck with skinhead yeah. cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they get fucking dingleberries on those cats, man. 
Oh, dude, a dingleberries, man. I'll fucking take them shits off, shoot them with the, with the slingshot at the bus when it comes by. <laughs> Sorry, you got me stoned, bro. I'm wearing a Freddy Krueger shirt, too, bro. Check I know. I've seen that. Stuff. I like it. Yeah. Born born to shred. Shred, oh, that's fucking sick. All these millennials are like, what the fuck's a Freddy Krueger? I'm like, your mom, bitch. I'm like, you don't go to sleep, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, don't go to sleep. Hey, but the thing is, is they got the cure. See, they can't make movies like that where they're like, we got to stay awake. My motherfucker, do a line of crank. You'll be up for a week. You'll be hunting that motherfucker. I'd be like, yo, Freddy, we're coming to you, bro. Yeah, man, we're going to fucking, we're going to, we're going to steal your car. We're going to paint your car. We're going to take the fucking microwave apart. I got a fucking vacuum cleaner. We're going to fucking clean the front yard. We got this covered. <laughs> <laughs> shit so shit. uh is everything going yeah. good in uh california these days you able to leave your house or are you able to uh, yeah the yeah, yeah shops yeah. open um uh, as far as shops being open it's really bad in california we got this dude named gavin newsom like uh whatever he is yeah he's a I've fucking heard the name yeah uh it's it, the the dudes shut us down it's it's been four times since they've shut the barber shop down um, in February 2020, um, I had seriously, I had like a hundred fucking shows booked, and um, and here comes March, mid March. I bought like ten grand in merch. I had all this shit ready to go. I had fucking a hundred fucking plus shows going, and then all of a sudden, everything here got shut down, and then everything started falling through with the United States. So I'm sitting here with a fucking pile of merch. Um, the tours canceled. They shut the fucking barbershop down. I mean for months I was just sitting around like, you know, trying to not spend any fucking money. I went on a wild fucking vodka binger for the first three months. I pissed my bed a couple of times. I took up hard alcoholism. It was fucking awesome. Then I went, <laughs> then I went, then I went weed edge, bro. Honestly, the pandemic doesn't really fuck with people like it, like me. I don't, I mean, I go to work and I cut hair and then I go out hiking or shooting guns and then go on tour you know i i this shit doesn't affect me i don't have kids i don't have family you know i got my mom and dad but honestly the pandemic it's like i don't hang around people that often but when i do hang around people i'm constantly around them for like days on end you know when when we're on tour i'm fucking around people 24 7 you know oh yeah so like right now i'm loving this shit i like this pandemic shit i don't want it to fucking end i i don't give a fuck i never liked china anyways them motherfucking their government sends us fucked up shit i'll stay home another fucking six months and collect this motherfucking unemployment from these clowns <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you know fucking newsom's willing to give it out you know so right he's got to be able That's to get the, it yeah well the, the thing is is they're giving us money it's like fucking it's 70 degrees out and in california only one kid i think you know fact people whatever there's i think there's been one case in california of somebody that's been under the age of 20 who's died directly from coronavirus. Hence, that person also had fucking like, like, um, you know, respiratory issues, etc. But they're blaming everything on that shit. You don't even get the flu out in California no more. It's just, oh, yeah, that just you go, disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. It's like skipping fucking HPV and going straight for the HIV. You know, I mean, it's that absurd. These motherfuckers, they want to be like, I had coronavirus, and then they want to tell you about it. It's like, motherfucker, did you get tested? Well, no, but my friend had it. It's like, no, nah, go get your shit tested. Because uh, I have yet to see somebody die from it, but I've seen quite a few people who have had it, supposedly. You know, yes. I, a lot of the people come into the barbershops. Like, here, I, I mean, I was still cutting here and there, like for the doctors, the EMTs, some of the fire department guys, 
um, some of these correction dudes. I get cops once in a while that come in and get haircuts and they're all still working. And I get these random calls and, and I'm like, I ask the doctors and nurses, I'm like, what's up, man? What's going on? This shit is fucking straight chaos. And they'd be sitting there being like, I don't know. I went home early today. <laughs> Damn, man. For real. That's the shit I'm hearing from these fucking nurses and doctors. But then some of the other nurses from the other hospital come in and they're like, yo, we're fucking slammed. And I'm like, are these people dying? They're like, nobody's dying. I'm like, motherfucking heard that shit. Fucking let everybody get it. Get on with it. Let's get back to work, man. Yeah, that seems like they're going fucking that way anyway. They're like, I'm talking about herd immunity, this and that. Like, like mm-hmm. we could have did this a year ago instead of fucking sitting in our house for, you know, 10 months. You know, well, I mean, the vaccine, the vaccine, whatever, you know, get your fucking vaccine. Let's wrap it up, you know, wrap it up. I, that's the thing. That's another thing, too, is like I would say, like, out of the five doctors like that, I cut a couple of them are like surgeons. One of them's for the I don't know, the respiratory, the, the I don't know. I don't know shit about that shit. But yeah. like three, three or four of them were like, yo, fuck that vaccine. I ain't taking that shit either. I'm not promoting against it or for it. I'm just saying for myself right now, I'm going to hold off, chill. And I know eventually I'm going to have to take it either way because I'm fucking traveling or I'm out with hoods all the time. I mean, we were supposed to be in Europe. I'm supposed to be in fucking Thailand right now. I mean, I can't travel. I mean, you know, I I can leave my state and shit, but I can't get the fuck over into other countries. So when that inevitably happens, I'm going to have to take the shit. I'm not really into it, but, you know, fuck it, yo. I mean, I got to be able to live too. And yeah. Hey, yeah, that's going to be the thing. You got to fucking show your little card before you jump on a plane across, you know, any ocean pretty much. Hey, that, that shit, that shit fucking, that makes me feel like a fucking, some not, that's like some Nazi shit to me though. Yeah. I don't um, fucking, I, I don't agree with that because I'm 47 years old. I'm in really, really good fucking shape. Thank God, Satan, whoever you fucking believe in. I don't see that's another thing you can fucking, oh, I don't, you said. You said God. Who gives a fuck? I don't give a fuck about God, Satan. I love cats. Fuck everybody. <laughs> but um, that the but but with the with the um, all these all this stuff coming out, you got stuff from Moderna, fucking Johnson Johnson just got improved, and the fucking other one, Pfizer, and Pfizer's uh, Pfizer's all over the shit. The, even these pharmaceutical companies are getting mixed up in this fucking this political shit, man. You know, I mean, Pfizer's out there. They're getting they're they're in some scam with like. I just heard some shit the other day, like not Hunter Biden, but I don't know that motherfucker's over fucking thirteen year old fucking hookers in China and shit. When is that cool? You know, not cool, man. You know, and and nobody says shit about nobody like that. All these politicians, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, none of these motherfuckers are going to call your ass back. And you got friends who've been friends for five, ten, twenty fucking years fighting each other over what he or she said. Man, fuck Biden and Harris and Trump and all those motherfuckers, yo. Yeah. It's, it, it, it doesn't, they ain't gonna call you back. And so if you're gonna get pissed off at your homie over some shit that the president said, man, motherfuck the president. He ain't showing up at your fucking barbecue on Sunday, blood. <laughs> Heard that, man. Like, yeah, your shit's got out of hand. You know, the whole division is <laughs> just too much to even fucking get into. It's like, well, there's shit before hate each other over this on. fucking shit. Like, and and like whoever, and like whoever you wanted to win or didn't win, like they're like, ha 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 ha, in your fucking face. Like, all right, 
you know, it's not a competition. It's, it's the United oh. States. You know, we should all be, be uh, trying to make, you know, hope shit gets better, but you know, well, well, contrary to what you just said, it is a fucking competition with these clowns. It's a competition to divide and fucking, this is a war of attrition on their behalf, pushing. They say this is a fucking race war. Yeah. I'm 47 years old, dude. I grew up in the 70s. I grew up in the fucking 80s. I grew up in the 90s. I seen the 2000s. This is not a fucking race war. This is a fucking class fucking war. Straight the fuck up. This yeah, has yeah. nothing to do with fucking China, Chinese people, blacks, Mexicans, whites, Jews, fucking Muslims. It ain't about any of that shit. This is about the government trying to make it make us poise against each other so they could go and fuck little kids in China and buy fentanyl and have, you know, it, it's all a cover. It's smoking mirrors, bro. They want us to pivot against each other. The American people, they want us to fucking fight. They're over there laughing. That shit, that December shit at the Capitol, that was planned by Democrats and fucking Republicans. Let's get fucking real. Those motherfuckers were given the fucking tour of the fucking place. And I'm a crazy ass motherfucker. And I'm going to tell you, if I was at the Capitol and I seen all them people going up in the Capitol, I'd sit back for a second and be like, I'm about to go get some pizza while these motherfuckers are going to get buck bucked by the motherfucking police. And since they didn't get buck bucked <laughs> by the police, that tells you the motherfuckers were like, hey, man, let it happen. They planned this shit, bro. Yeah. Um... <laughs> It's all weird how it just all falls into place and it can almost be not just predicted, but pointed out, you know? Oh, dude, absolutely. It's like, it's not just fucking predicted. It's already like well-known, you know, they're like some shit's going to happen and it's going to be planned by somebody or, you know, somebody else. Well, just, just the heights of that, like, like, you know, when, when, when a president travels around, you know, you got a fucking entourage. Or you absolutely don't. I mean, Biden had like five people at his rallies that Trump Nimrod had like fucking three million Walmart shoppers at his rallies, you know? And it's like, it's like, they're both, both the fans of these presidents, whether you're for Trump or Biden are fucking fanatical fucking idiots. And everybody's lost their, their difference of opinions. They're fucking, they're, that you can't have your own ideas. And if they're different than what's the mass around you because i live in california and if you have any other opinion that is coerced or or different than the next person you're a fucking pedophile you're a racist you're a homophobic or or vice versa you know and and people are throwing the race card out here and i mean dude i grew up in the fucking 70s shit used to be way way more fucked up they really had the fucking ku klux klan they had fucking nazi skinheads I mean, yeah, you, I don't know if you went to shows. I was going to shows in the mid to late 80s, and there was fucking white supremacist skinheads at fucking shows. And we beat the fuck out of these dudes. It took years to, you know, for us to, like, gain our scene back, I guess, in our city. We would yeah. travel to other cities. Like, we'd go up into Detroit. The only similar cities to Sacramento is, like, Detroit, um, Newark, New Jersey, Philly motherfucking parts of Miami. We, people don't know Cali's fucked up and rough as fuck too. But, you know, yeah. shit, shit. And, and, and like, I, not to get off track because I do that shit a lot. I got this shit called ADHD. But yeah, the government's yeah, definitely trying to, trying to pivot us against us. And man, I hope people don't fall for that shit, man, because people are trying to uh, cancel culture and all this other shit. I understand a lot of the shit, but 
put this shit in a museum somewhere. Let's if if stupid motherfuckers want to go look at old archaic shit and have their old ideology. Fuck, man, they're American. Let them do what the fuck ever. Just like if a motherfucker wants to go throw a brick through a fucking window. I mean, what? Who am I to tell him no? Right. I'm a, yeah. I, that's the freedom here in this country. But but despite that, like the irony is, we're slowly getting less and less of it. You know, and it's like, I'm sure on this next time I tour or next time I go to Europe, every time I go to Europe, Europeans are total like they're politicians. They're asking me first off musicians. I, you know, it, it, it's like they ask me who I who 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 you're about. And it's like, man, at this point, I'm like, I ain't about none of them because it's going to cause an argument one way or another. You're either going to agree with me or you're going to disagree. And you may have liked me for years or my band for 20 years, but as soon as I have a different fucking opinion, you're going to be like, fuck you, Mike Hood, later, motherfucker. And to me, that's just not, that's not what hardcore is about. You know, we're diverse and the loyalty to each other, the friendships that we've created. I mean, I'm talking to you in motherfucking Detroit. You know, I've been playing your city since 1995, and I know so many people in your city that are wonderful. I've never let no politics get in between like it's like jeff colder's life or fucking you know like i don't know i got too many fucking i got too much too much one-on-one -on -one time with people to push them away for some fucking clown on the television with a bad tan or some motherfucker who <laughs> sniffing hits it is crazy how it's fucking like everybody's picking a side and you know they're fucking just like digging their heels in it's like let's yeah. sort of look at the bigger picture because in the end that doesn't matter to what we do absolutely yeah and it shouldn't yeah. affect you the people that you know like you see at shows when you're on tour you know like they fucking supported you for years or you come to their city mm -hmm. it's like it's not nothing to do with that you know it's it is what it well, is you have one feeling or like, another it doesn't matter what it is it's like fuck, get over it however the fuck you think i feel or don't feel then yeah get pa get past yeah. it and let's go fucking smoke a blunt or be straight edge or drink a beer i mean do whatever the fuck you want but don't lose your friendships over politics. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. not, dude. I'm no, fucking. And and the thing is, is 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 like there is a lot of politically driven hardcore bands. I'll give them that. You know, there's there's some bands out there that are are totally about the politics. There's some bands that are out there totally about the straight edge or totally about fucking partying, like Murphy's Law or Jimmy and them guys. And and we need bands that are different. We don't want everybody to sound the same. And and some of the best shows I've seen was like. Man, I've seen like Scarhead and Earth Crisis play some show. I was like, man, this is going to be fucked up. And it was fucking cool. You know, it's like, I think it, this was back in like 96. I think it was Scarhead, Hoods, and Earth Crisis were on the same bill. And and that's that's crazy in itself because we're, you know, we're not really, well, I used to be straight edge, but that was just my shit. You know? but I don't know. I like the diversity in hardcore, man. I want everybody to be fucking as different as possible because... I don't fucking like anybody else anymore, man. The only time I like people is when I actually go to a show or go hang out with my animals, you know? Right. So, so I just, I, I'm scared that the politics is going to get involved in our scene and just make it just, instead of having 10 people at a show now, you're going to have three or four because the other five or six think that Joe, Dick, and Harry voted for <laughs> that guy. Motherfucker, have a barbecue. Get it out, bro. Like you yeah. said, get on with it, bro. Let's yeah. just get on with it. And get back to tour and open up. Fucking everybody dies. Yeah, man. It's always good. You, you know, you know, and as, as far as these pandemics go, this shit, the pandemics always come at election time. 
I remember when Obama, the first time Obama was uh, coming up for the presidency, the, the, um, I think it was the H1N1 or whatever. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember. Swine flu. Yeah, but, but, but say, for instance, right now, <coughs> excuse me, they put these pandemics up as, as like, um, like smoke screens, bro, because while this is going on, what's happening in Flint, Michigan? Still fucked up. Okay, well, who didn't do shit in Flint, Michigan, who said there's going to help you? I mean, you know, Mr. Trump didn't do shit. Biden ain't going to do shit. Fucking the president before Trump ain't going to do shit. So that gives you a whole, like, kind of like, oh, fuck. You know, they're, they're covering up all our major problems. Like Flint, Michigan. Flint, Michigan needs some fucking water. You got little kids yeah. fucking walking around drinking fucking shit with lead and mercury in their fucking water. And people are worrying about these presidents. Yeah, man, that's on the back burner now. Don't give a fuck about an entire city, you know. You know, they don't yeah. even have water and you're in the fucking United States, but yeah. you want to fight yeah. about some guy that that don't give a fuck about you. Yep. Yeah. Right here. Uh, I mean, I, on either side. I, on either side. I'm not just saying, you know. Oh, no, that's a, that's absolutely true. I mean, it, and another thing is like like a couple weeks ago, we had this big thing in Sacramento with Gavin Newsom and whatnot. And, and the thing is, is like Democrats and Republicans and anybody on any side in California is very much pivoted against Gavin Newsom. And it's like when we all come together to push some fucking scumbag clown out like that, it, it works really well. And the people are in power then. And it gives us back that, you know, authority because we're the ones who've got the authority in the big fucking picture. So if we all said, fuck those motherfuckers right now, they wouldn't do shit. They wouldn't have a fucking job. I know, man. Yeah, I just like they, like they, and they've gotten everybody's head though, you know, everybody's on one side or the other, and you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. need. To, I don't know. It'll take a couple generations know. to fucking get over this. I think it's just this. This one. This, this one, unfortunately, has everybody pivoted at each other's fucking throats right now. It will die down. I've seen it before. I'm almost fifty years old. And in the mid '80s, we had Reagan, Ronald Reagan, and this put the Democrats and Republicans at odds for you know fucking six years plus, and then we we had years of dumb fucking presidents, Bill Clinton. <laughs> I mean, as much as I want to party with that dude, you know, well, not at the Epstein's. <laughs> I heard some shit. Actually, I don't actually. Everybody I, probably I, agrees I, with that one. <laughs> you know, I, I, I used to like Bill, but you know, I liked him for not for politics because I thought he was a fucking stupid politician. Then they put Bush Jr. in. <laughs> That's like letting your fucking nephew drive your car when he's three years old, and you give him a slip of the fucking the go to sleep early juice, the Nyquil. You know. <laughs> Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm only 33, so I was barely fucking paying attention. I was dragged into the whole fucking thing the past couple of years. Like, I wasn't even paying attention, nope. but they just like, hey, hey, pay attention. Fucking pick a side, asshole, you know? <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that sucks, try to dude. avoid it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not a no one's. At this point, man, I'm on my side, man. It's like, yeah. if you say some shit that to me that, that doesn't make any logic or common sense, I'm like, fuck out of here with that shit and and the the thing that bugged me out lately was was like i have nothing against transgendered people whatsoever but th they passed some bill and bill and legislate that were sending money over to um, pakistan um first of all i have a couple homies from pakistan and when they get money their money goes straight to fucking military grade weapons usually via russia 
So what's going to happen is we're going to send them all this money for them to do their transgender research, and they're going to spend it on fucking bombs to bomb us. And and I've I just seen a kid yesterday walk in front of my barbershop with one shoe on. They're like nine years old. Wow. And they're fucking starving, and we're worried about some shit. Yeah, yeah, you know, but and while he's talking all that shit too, you know, about you know like war and this that, and he's fucking bombing Syria as well, you know. Dude, not another war. It, you know, like Trump or not, dude, he didn't start a well. He started a civil war here, though. People could say, but as far as wars with the country and other countries, that was one thing that I was like, cool. Just, yeah. The last thing we need is war with China. Um, no, China owns. That happens. Well, China owns sixty percent of the United States, if not more. And in um, places like New York City, they run at least eight to ten percent of the power grid just in the city of New York City. Um, and I mean, there's shit that they could they could cause us to shut down right fucking now if they wanted. Well, that's deep. Hey, scary to think about check this out i was in wuhan china december i was in wuhan china december 2nd to 5th of 2019 and and unbeknownst to me we were in thailand we were over in thailand doing kickboxing shit and drinking and getting fucked up and hanging out in the jungle with elephants on the way back we were going to go to taiwan taipei hong kong we're going to check those places out. So while we're in, while we're in um, Chiang Mai, Thailand, uh, the, the coup d'etat with the student unions in Hong Kong started getting crazy. So next thing you know, our flights were delayed. They were delayed, delayed, delayed. I was supposed to be back home by Thanksgiving in this country, in the United States. That's when my birthday was. I ended up getting stuck in Thailand for another, like, you know, fucking seven days. We were in Wuhan. I was in Wuhan, China for fucking three and a half days with Jesse, my guitarist from Hoods, and everybody there was already sick. Um, we saw them wet markets. I mean, the fucking wow. wet markets over there. Those wet markets are disgusting, bro. It looks like some of the food them fools were eating looks like the shit them, them bums be pulling out of the fucking garbage cans here. I mean, there. and, and the weird thing was it was like, like 38 to 40 degrees there when we were there, and there was flies all over the food in that cold-ass weather. And you would go up into a restaurant, motherfuckers would be drinking soup, like slurping and smoking a cigarette, spitting on the floor. They throw all their shit on the floor. That China, China's a crazy country, man. Not wearing and, shoes? Fuck. Uh, no, they had, well, they were wearing shoes. They had all their proper gear on. Their government gives them shoes. They want the motherfuckers out in the work, working their asses off. And the thing was, is we found an Irish pub in downtown Wuhan, and the kids there were amazing, man. The, the kids in China, the, the hardcore kids and the, excuse me, the hardcore and hip hop kids, man, they, they're really cool. And it's just the government. The government's really bad. So yeah. uh, if that's anybody, yeah, if anybody thinks I said something negative about Chinese people, that's contrary. It's, it's the government because the people, the people were great to us and they were really timid about talking to us in the first place because if, if, if another person sees you talking to somebody who's an American over there, you could get fucking killed. Fuck. Straight up. That's, that's crazy shit there. Yeah, that's yeah. communist fucking dictatorship, man. 
Well, and, 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 and a lot of and a lot of kids, a lot of these younger kids in this in this country are getting on the whole communist tip. Like, you know, they used to do that back when Rage Against the Machine was really big. But the thing was, is like when Rage Against the Machine was really big, they were pushing guys up like Che Guevara, who were fucking, they fucking, Che Guevara, Enrique, Enrique from Bloodline, he's Cuban, remember, he just passed, rest yeah. in peace, Enrique, um, his mom used to tell us about Cuba, and how they'd fucking kill musicians, they, the government hated blacks, musicians, I mean, you know, down the line, anybody like us, this shit, you know, you couldn't have no podcast like this going on in any of those countries, you know, Fuck and, you, and, and they put these fucking, these communist dictators up on pedestals like Che Guevara. I still see shit about that dude. That dude fucking killed all, he, he was killing his own people. A lot of black musicians in particular too. He hated jazz motherfuckers, racist ass shit, you know? And then like when I was in China, those people, man, it, it, it was like, it was like, it was like going into a room with like everybody just, it was glum, bro. And the people looked just tired and beat the fuck up and, Nobody smiled, man. And it's like, it, 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 it made Detroit look like fucking Disneyland. Shit. Well, hopefully, uh, whatever needs to happen, it just fucking happens and we can fucking move on with everything. Hope we don't go, I hope we don't go to no war with China. I hope we uh, don't go to war with, with fucking Russia. Uh, you know, at no, some another point, world war, everybody dies, you know. They say that, it, but the thing is, is... <clears throat> Have you ever noticed during the world wars, they might get really, really fucking bad, but it ultimately never happens. And that's because the deciding powers that decide the wars in the first place are up there playing their little fucking pivot games with us. And the, at the end of the day, it's not about who won the war. It's about the companies like Hal Burton who are making the or who makes the bullets, who makes the flashlights, who makes the rations. Those are the people that want us in war. And those are the people in control. Those are definitely the people in control pushing this fucking agenda of war because they're filling their fucking pockets on our expendable youth. Well put. Well, yeah. Hey. Yo, let's talk about Detroit. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm talking about some hardcore. <laughs> That's a good little rant, though. Appreciate you it. Could, you, you could start the video right now. <laughs> All right. Like <laughs> oh, you hey. Hey. Hey, speaking of Detroit, who's the first Californian to have a coldest life tattoo? <laughs> That's the shit, man. How yeah, long I you got, had that for? A long time. I think I got that when I was, uh, oh, fuck, I think I was, I think I was 19. Fuck, man. So, 20, I, yeah, I yeah. I'm talking about how how was the hardcore scene? Well, you started going to shows in the late 80s, early 90s, said it was hard as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I, I you started Sacramento going to the whole time, or like did you um, grow up in Sacramento or where were you? Yeah, I grew up in this the, a city here called Oak Park. And um it's it's right right fucking like a mile from Midtown where all the shows happen. I used to go see like DRI, Circle Jerks, um, fucking seven seconds. Lives Kevin lives right up the street still. Um, I grew up on like fucking badass punk hardcore, you know, I obviously was into like shit like Bat Brains and Warzone and Murphy's Law, East Coast shit, but on the West Coast, we had our own shit, we had Uniform Choice, you know, we had fucking um, Seven Seconds, we had Dead Kennedys, we had MDC who moved out here from Texas, you know, we had a fucking badass punk scene, you know, um, there was a lot of, uh, we grew up as skinheads, you know, 
um, we had a big skinhead scene back in the day, and the the skinhead scene here used to be fucking really good. And then <clears throat> the mid '80s reared its ugly head, and then all the fascist shit started coming in the the white supremacist bullshit. And then you had um, people like Morton Downey Jr., Geraldo Rivera, Oprah Winfrey. They were doing they were doing all these interviews with these young skinhead kids. But what they weren't telling you that the majority of them skinheads were all like just traditional skinheads. They weren't sharp or fucking racist. They were just fucking skinheads. They were working, working class. class. Yeah. Yeah. And then they wanted to put the politics in it, just like the politics now. So it's, this is in a different way, obviously. But back then it was like they wanted to be like all skinheads are racist. I went to an all black high school, you know, Sacramento is predominantly, you know, where I, where I grew up in an all black neighborhood. I, I went to a black high school. Um, that's why I say right now, this it's a class war. This ain't a race war. You know, we're way, we were way past that racist shit way back, you know, but um, the, uh, the, the, those, those kind of shows, the media, yet again, the media back in the 80s was already pushing the agenda that all the skinheads were fucking white power or they were sharps and i was like man i i'm a sneaker skin bro i'm not into white power i i'm i'm, I'm not all white my mom's not all white um half my friends are chinese or black or fucking mexican um so we were definitely not in some fucking racist shit but then all the media you know next thing you know i go to school on monday i'm getting fucking practically jumped and at the time it was kind of crazy because um robert broussard and Black Tony, Black Tony was the first singer of Hoods, and we were all skinheads, and those two dudes happened to be Black dudes, so when all that racist shit came out with, like, Geraldo saying everybody's racist, or um, Oprah Winfrey saying we're all racist, them kids were like, what the fuck, man? Yo, why are you dudes Black, and why are you skinheads? Like, man, we're into music, bro. That's all media hype, and just like nowadays, man, defund the media. <laughs> That's my next shirt. Defund the media. <laughs> <laughs> Put it out. And, and drink near beer at nine in the morning talking to people from Detroit. <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, because so your band started in what, 95, 96? It was, um, uh, it, was late, it was late, it was late 94. I just come back from Germany. I was over there uh, kicking soccer balls around for like five years, but um, I started this band. I started writing the first Hoods EP when I was about 18 years old in Germany. Um, I got a guitar and an amplifier. I didn't have any friends. All I would do is go train. I would train for like four or five hours a day um, playing soccer. And then I'd go back and sit in my apartment. And half the time, it's, I, I lived in a very cold place. So I started writing all the Hoods jams. I got injured a couple months later. I came back to this country. I started Hoods. And I was about 20 years old. And next thing you know, I've been on tour for the last 27, 26 years. Because we got to take out the 2020. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The nanu nanu or the two in the pink, two in the stink. <laughs> so, so hold on. So you were in Germany for like five years. Why'd you go to Germany? Oh, man, I, there? No, I started going over to Germany and Belgium, Holland, Denmark, Sweden. Um, when I was 15 years old, I started playing soccer for some, some like Olympic or a U.S. soccer development thing. And, and I went to, to some tryouts and I, I was already playing for the state or the district team, the state team. I was playing in the men's league already. I was about to start trying to play for the local pro team here. I had to get special um, papers. I was like 15. I was, I, I was really good at soccer. Um, so I, in, instead of just staying in the United States, I just fucking moved overseas because that was the only place you could actually play professionally 
soccer anyways and make a fucking good living in the united states man you know it's kind of like being a california hardcore band in the 80s when everybody only wanted new york hardcore <laughs> yeah so, so what did i do i fucking grabbed my fucking soccer ball and moved my ass to europe and kicked soccer balls for damn near five years got injured came back here started hoods here i am <laughs> yeah well <laughs> fuck you know so, so how true is this you can read shit online about you know hoods and way back in the day um is it true that like so the shows used to be so crazy that uh, you guys weren't even allowed to play in Sacramento at one time. Is that true that you weren't allowed to play in Sacramento or is just, uh, is that just well, a legend? As far as not being allowed to play, <laughs> you know, we do what the fuck we want. <laughs> you know, I don't know about, I'm not going to say we, I'm going to say I, because I'm, I can't speak for the other dudes. They're, they're not here. I'm still here. What I saw back then with like, we had situations back then where we were getting threats from Nazi skinheads, you know, saying they're going to come to our shows and fucking kill us. Um, all kinds of crazy shit, you know, and, and, and then we pissed off somebody on the other team, you know, not just the Nazis wanted to kill us, the fucking long hairs or some, some kid we'd beat up for running his fucking mouth. And so at, at some points people was like, Oh, you know, you guys can't play your own city. And it was like, huh, well, I guess I'm going to have to make a name for myself then, you know, they created me, I didn't create, you know, you know, telling us you're not going to play your own fucking city, Sacramento is ours, mine, as far as I'm concerned, my friends and I run Sacramento, and we always fucking will, that'll never, ever fucking change until I die, and even my young kids coming up will take my fucking reins and run with them, you know, Sacramento is one of them cities it reminds me of a lot of ways of a sunny Detroit, you know, it's a hard fucking place, you know, but we got it under control and we're going to keep moving this motherfucker. Good, man. I like to hear that shit. Uh, I'm not going to stop. I won't stop until I fucking get killed. I, I don't think like I'm, you. Huh? <laughs> I said, we need I people like you. Yeah, Die the, hard, younger, man. The, the, the younger kids definitely need the older kids and, and, as much as they need kids like me, I needed dudes that were in bands like Agnostic Front and the Cro-Mags and the best hardcore band ever sick of it all. And thankfully, we had bands at my age. I'm a 47-year-old man. And when I was nine years old and I would see them bands and I would fucking feel that fucking energy and being the only white boy in my neighborhood, I didn't have no outlet. And, and then a couple of my other homies started getting the hardcore. You know, it wasn't about your race or how much money you made or didn't make. It was that fucking feeling, you know, it filled that void of emptiness that a lot of us had, you know, missing, uh, you know, our dads at work, mom's dying in bed. Um, you know, you're from an impoverished neighborhood. You don't got much, you know, you get a guitar, it could change your world. Just the same thing, a guitar and a soccer ball that could change your fucking whole life, man. Yeah, that's not, that's not a lie. And, hey, and that, that, that and a whole lot of conviction, because you just don't get this shit. People always go, man, I want to fucking play in a band. I want to do some shit, you know, or, or I want to be a barber. I see how you make that money. You know, I'm like, man, you know, there's sacrifices that come with all of this shit. And this shit was never handed, you know, this shit was, was never taken either. It was fucking earned, you know, and that's what a lot of kids nowadays in these bands, they get, they get big in like six months. They'll have an EP out in six songs. And they get huge and all of a sudden they don't know how to deal with that or they don't know how to write six more songs or they don't know how to tour, you know, 
I tour, I put out the magazines, I put out my own fucking records, I book my own shit. You know, it, it's like, you gotta have that mentality. You gotta have a mentality says, I'm gonna get up today and do an interview with some fucking dude in Detroit. And later on, I'm gonna have band practice. And tonight I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna design some more fucking stickers or fucking shirts or make fucking these fucking pins. You know what I mean? I fucking sit in my house doing all this shit. You know, these kids forget that there's work ethic involved. If you don't have work ethic, you're never going to survive, especially now in this world. I heard that, man. Yeah, like, like yeah. I'm just a That's truck driver, true. but I wake up every day and do it. <laughs> you know, someone's got all work. the fucking parts for a fucking GM, you know? Hey, truck driving, man. I grew up as a diesel mechanic. My dad just retired last year. I mean, oh, I grew up on shit. fucking Peterbilt, Freightliners, Detroit, Cummins, fucking yeah, Caterpillar. Buddy. Yeah, I fucking, I grew up as a diesel mechanic. You know, my whole family's diesel mechanics. You know, we came from Czech Republic over here. My grandpa went over, shot some Nazis, came back with the German wife. You know, the next, the rest is history, man. Mechanic on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, I mean, you know, I'm just saying we all. We all do something to make money, but like, it's not like you get like, yeah. good at truck driving either. Like, you know, like I said you cut hair, you fucking play guitar. Make it didn't me, come man. to you like it's a motherfucker. I like, trying to learn how to um, drive a truck. I mean, a stick shift is a stick shift, but a big giant fucking you know, sixty long hey, foot vehicle. How many gears are in that? How many gears do you fuck with? Uh, I only have ten, but they go up to eighteen, man. Hey, they go up to thirty-two. Oh yeah. <laughs> I used to, hey, I, not I, I, much anymore, but I know. Hey, yeah, back in the day, I used to move land, move, land, land movers. Or, or, oh yeah, I moved them shits in my dad's lot, and they would, they would go up some of these fucking things. You see a normal car, like four, five, six speed, or a motorcycle, you know, five, six speed. This motherfucker's got crazy shit. Oh, there's a yeah. dog in there. Hey, what's up, doggy? Hey, girl. Yo, this is Nora. Here, come here. Yeah, she does the Titanic with me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that tail. Uh, Get the fuck out of here. I'm doing an interview. <laughs> yeah, my cat should be down here anytime. If she fucking comes up here and fucks up everything. I'm like, Get oh, man, I, I wish my cats would come in here. Then it would be a party. So, hey, when are we going to start this? When are we going to start this interview, man? <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, it's been going. We're good. Oh, shit. Okay. I'm just talking shit. Just talking shit. There ain't nothing hey, to fucking... Hey. Dude, dude, hey, speaking of talking shit, I was watching on YouTube the other day, and I seen something on, like, I was watching this thing, it started with something called Slab City in um, Vegas, where a bunch of people live on this old army barracks, it's a bunch of old cement slabs, hence oh, Slab City, but that led to a feed in my YouTube, basically on um, abandoned Detroit, it showed like a documentary on all the old Detroit, um, a lot of the facilities, um, it went through like 70 or 80 high schools, and one of the places, my first time, I think, in Detroit was in 1996. And Jeff, Jeff called his life. He, he did a lot for hoods. Jeff, Jeff and I are a lot alike, bars, the DIY mentality and put, putting shows together and getting mm -hmm. bands to come out to California or, you know, Detroit or whatever. But nevertheless, the, one of the first times we went out there, we played the Magic Stick. And I believe it was Hate Incorporated, um, One Life Crew, Hoods. Um, obviously cold as life and I think dogs of war but they might have been too young at the time I can't remember Enzo and his brother the twins yeah. or whatever yeah. they were but after the show I, Enzo and those guys weren't there they, they came a little later I believe the dogs of war guys but that night it was beast it was beast 
um, um, Dougie, big ass tall Dougie. He's oh, yeah. still around. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Beast still still around. I think Bird was there. I'm not sure, but Jeff was definitely there. Jeff Gunnels, um, Roy, Roy Bates, drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Gook might have been there, but we all went down to the. Uh, I think it's the train station. Fuck yeah, it is. And here's the thing: we were at, we were at the Magic Stick, and <laughs> and we just played some fucking show in Detroit. And I was like, I like Detroit because these dudes are like Sacramento people. You know, they're blue collars, they're mechanics, they got tattoos on their fucking faces. You know, they're every other city we came up to besides Detroit at that point. I mean, we hit like Salt Lake, Denver, fucking Omaha, Idaho, some fucking shit. It was all this fucking crusty ass white people. Then we get to Detroit, look like Sacramento would be been reinvented in a butthole fucking burnt out city. But <laughs> and, and, and I specifically was like. It, it, leading up to this, we had played with deep, with, with um, Coldest Life in Chicago a couple of days before this, or actually the night before. So mind you, this isn't my first introduction to Detroit people, but this is my first introduction to the city of Detroit. Jeff goes, hey man, and all the guys get around after the show, they're like, yo, I'm, they're like, you want to go to our clubhouse? And I'm thinking, fuck yeah, why not? And I'm thinking clubhouse like motorcycles, you know, I think you know, these dudes look like a bunch of bikers. I'm from Sacramento. Sacramento's biker heaven. And so I'm thinking clubhouse. I'm like, fucking fuck yeah, because I know if we go to the clubhouse, there might be some strippers and shit, you know, <laughs> titties, fucking. I was straight edge at the time, so I had no interest in the drugs, but the other guys, you know, fucking. So we end up going down to the train station. I'm pretty sure it was a train station. And fucking, and I'm like, where's your clubhouse? And they're like, we're here. And these motherfuckers, I'm thinking all this time, here we go. We're going to go sick-ass motorcycle clubhouse. We're going to hang out, ride some motorcycles. These fools brought us to an abandoned fucking train station in the middle of Detroit. Yeah. And, and, that, wasn't the, times. and that wasn't the first time. And it, it, but, but just it, that's that was some crazy shit. There was people, there's people running, running through the fucking halls. We're fucking grabbing bricks and throwing them out the windows. I threw a fucking like some kind of generator from the fourth floor down, and I you could hear it crash. And some dude down there was like, ah! I didn't oh think I hit goodness. the dude, but you never. But dude, yeah. there was fucking, there was fucking crazy shit. Oh, oh, and then we came the ne- the second time we came through Detroit. The motherfucking, the, the team that got me into hockey, the Detroit fucking Red Wings, the best hockey team on the fucking planet as far as I'm concerned. Fuck the San Jose Sharks. It don't snow in San Jose, you fuck. Um, <laughs> no reason to play team, hockey. Get the fuck on. Yeah, the Detroit Red Wings had just won the motherfucking Stanley Cup. I can't remember what year it was. Was it 96, 97 or 97, 98? Because they won both of those years. It was the first one, I'm pretty sure, because oh, we were 96, there. 96, 97. Yeah, and we, it was, no, maybe it was the 97, 98, because it was the second time through Detroit, but but from 96 to 99, we played Detroit like fucking 10 times, but, but I remember coming through, and here it goes, we were at the magic stick again, and I'm like, wait, what are we doing, going to the clubhouse, and sure enough, we went back (laughs) to the train station, this was the second time through, and that was the, that was the fucking night that the Red Wings won that motherfucking Stanley Cup. I came outside of the fucking magic stick and I was like, oh, fuck. Pack everything up. We're getting the fuck out of here. The riot. We're getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff comes out. He's like, yo, yo, we just won the, the, the fucking Stanley Cup. And I'm thinking, 
you fucking won, then why the fuck are people fucking flipping cars out front of the fucking venue pissed off? These motherfuckers look like they just lost the fucking Stanley Cup and they had just won. And I'm like, fuck yeah. And then the next thing you know, we were up on the fucking train station again. And you could look to the left, the right, the motherfucking north, south, east, west. There was fires. There was fires all, all about that motherfucking place. And to get to the third time we played the motherfucking Detroit, we went back up to the clubhouse. This was the last time we went up there. And I remember it was a specific thing that I had never heard of before. It wasn't Halloween, but it was uh, something called Devil's the motherfucking Night. Devil's Night. Yep. And I shit you not. We we played some club. It wasn't the Magic Stick this time. It was some some other place. The uh, where Eminem used to play. The there was oh, the an shelter. underground the shelter. We had just yeah. played the shelter. I'm pretty sure it was Hood Sworn Enemy. That's when what's his name was playing drums for Cold as Life and Sworn Enemy. I think um, I can't remember that dude's name. I didn't know him. He just played drums as far as I knew. Uh, but that was a um, Devil's Night. Now Devil's Night. I thought nothing could beat the motherfucking Detroit Red Wings losing winning the stanley cup um but we went back for fucking that devil's night shit and that shit lasts a whole week or something right or it's a whole month or some shit yeah, well no it's, it's just supposed to be uh the day before halloween but it's oh a crazy it is time. Halloween. yeah yeah yeah. Okay. it's just a crazy okay. time yeah okay yeah because i remember it was really really fucking cold it was like it was october i can't remember you november know, man. yeah well, and, and the thing the thing was is the devil's night there was, you know, I saw two or three fires going on during the Stanley Cup thing, but the Devil's Night, man, there was at least 11 to 15 fires going. I I, I remember Dougie, Dougie and I, and, and yeah, and, and after that, we went back to Roy Bates' house. He used to live right off the freeway, drummer Roy from Coldest Life, and, and Mexican Ben, me, and Mario, and Beast were all sitting in Roy's house. Everybody went to bed. It's like two in the morning. And, and we're sitting there and I'm straight edge, yo. So I'm like, I'm fucking just wired sound. I've been drinking sprites and shit all night. These dudes are all fucked up. And all of a sudden we hear some ladies screaming outside of Roy's house. We ran outside and some lady was getting fucking raped. Oh shit. And, and we got, we was like, yo, get the fuck out of here. Dude took off. We went back in the house. We called the police and, um, I I'm pretty sure, um, beast had the lady on the front porch. We got her a blanket and shit. But we waited till the police came and they came and picked this broad up. So the uh, Detroit's definitely <laughs> fuck. Yeah, Detroit's wild. Yeah, it's it still, still fucked up now. It's still fucked up. You know, yeah, like... we just we just played out there last or 2019 at Ramona's place. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Smalls. What's Ramona? Smalls. Smalls. Yeah, yeah Ramona. Yeah. Ramona fucking I love Ramona. She used to book our shows at this place. Um uh, Alvin's. Yeah, what's it called? Alvin's. Yeah, I seen him at Alvin's a few times. Yeah, on cast. Alvin's. Yeah, Alvin's. Yeah, we played Alvin's with um, Earth Mover, um, fucking some of the younger bands, the Straight Edge bands, the uh, Tyrant. The, Tyrant. Tyrant was good. I like Tyrant. They were hard. Yeah. Um, excuse me, Earth Mover. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was late nineties. Um, what years are you I, talking? I, I, Ramona. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Black Iris booking. Well, even before yeah, that. Yeah, um, Black Iris. Well, yeah, yeah. Black Iris. You know, because everybody, everybody used to always think I was saying Black Irish. 
Where's the black Irish guy? I'm like, no, yeah. black Irish dickhead. It's a chick named Ramona, and she's great. Hi, Ramona. Yeah. You know, last time you guys came, you're right, um, 2019, July or so, I remember I pulled up to the venue, and there was just a car accident. Like, some shit happened, like, right in front of the fucking place. You said you had recorded it. I don't know if you remember, but you're like, you're like, there's a car it. accident, and there's fucking little, like, um, uh, Yemenese women, but, like, I'm a... Uh, what a Muslim Ooh, the bitches women. almost Everybody. got ran over, and I, I grabbed the bitch up by her durka durka, <laughs> yeah, and I pulled her, her back. <laughs> yeah. She almost you got her durka durka ran over, bro. <laughs> I remember you're like, let me help you cross the street. I had just pulled up. I was all fucked up. Like, uh, of course, you're out here helping a little Muslim lady cross the road. Dude, the thing was is is them bitches were about to get hit, bro. Yeah. Well, and- I think it's just like part of like. Uh, like where they come from, like there's no fucking like speed limit, you know, whatever in the oh. Middle East, and it's a lot of Mid- uh, Middle Easterns around there. So no, no, I, they I, fucking, I got there's that. no rules to the road. It's insane. Oh no, I had one of my my military homies. He lives there. He came out. And he, he he. We were basically in like fucking like like Syria or some shit, man. It, <laughs> no, but the, I got a lot of Muslim friends from Germany and shit, and, and fucking. It was the same over there. They're they're cool people, man. I lived with some Muslims in Germany for like five months, and despite what people hear and shit, like those fucking Muslims got it down. They're hella cool. Yeah, yeah. They, they fucking these fuckers took me, and I didn't have nowhere to go. And I I played soccer on this team in Germany, and I was in between apartments at one time. I had I had like three hundred bucks to my name, and I was in fucking Germany. I'm like seventeen years old, and my Muslim home. His name was um, Yusuf. Yusuf Yildiz, Y-I-L-D-I-Z. That his his fucking family took me in. Not only that, Muslim bitches are fine as fuck. <laughs> when they take them shits off, you're like, God damn, man, you should put them fucking shits over the bed. And then <laughs> hey, mother, hey, them men are ugly ass motherfuckers. They got sunburns and shit. They're all fucked up. The women are beautiful. <laughs> yep. Oh fuck, man. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, long black hair. <laughs> oh, they're beautiful, man. Nah, but the 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 Muslim people are cool, man. And it was really interesting because those dudes, um, I think it was like on, I'm not sure if it was like, there were certain times where they had to fast, and we would be training, and those Muslim players would be fasting while we're training. Yeah. And and I'm like barely or something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm barely making it through with eating and resting and everything, and these dudes are fucking praying and shit, and and not eating and for like a couple of days on and i'm like fuck dude i remember one time we played a, a soccer game and a couple of the muslims they hadn't eaten we still won the game but i remember they were tired man you know you don't eat for a couple of days or whatever the yeah, the, yeah. Their, the ceremonies they do are pretty crazy there's falling asleep out there and shit yeah <laughs> yeah they're no they're they don't fall asleep those are some determined ass people they have fucking discipline well even even like in the um, ufc that um, Khabib Nurmagomedov, you know, like he fucking trains. It's like he won't fight in like the summertime. It seems like just because you know you need the energy, you have to be able to sustain all the output and recover. And how are you gonna fight when you're not, you know, doing a proper, uh, I guess, nutrition? I don't know. That's crazy. Well, there's a thing with that that region of that world and those people. It's like. Whether they have food or not, they've got to fight because that's they're from a war country and they're very impoverished. And when that, I don't know how to say that motherfucker's name, but I seen that dude coming up and I was like, you put that dude in a ring with a normal fucking white boy like Conor McGregor. You oh, know, yeah, McGregor yeah. might have all his like little um, 
you know, all the fucking fancy bullshit and that gay ass dancing bullshit. But that Khabib dude, that dude comes from fucking bullets, bro. So you think you're going to do all your fancy shit? That dude's going to eat your fucking face. He's going to take your lunch. He's going to make you cry. I mean, he wrestles bears at the fucking age of 10. So, oh, hey, man, they're from a different world, man. Well, yeah. Eastern Europe. Eastern yeah, Europe is. Yeah. Eastern Europe's a tough, tough yeah. place. It's crazy because they're like, it's like when you look at them, it's like they look like Arabic, but they look like Russian at the same time. It's really, it's a really yeah. weird look. They're like right in the hey. middle. Well, that, that, that's up in the just fucking like, mountains. Yeah, that's like the Uyghurs. The Uyghurs, yeah. um, they're they're being persecuted in China right now. They're a Muslim um, um, tribe, basically, like the Hmong were in Vietnam. Yeah, but they're they're called Uyghurs, and that's I'm not sure what tribe he's from, but I I know the dude's a great fighter. But yeah. they're they're persecuting them Uyghur people. You know that they they, they uh, get some of those fucking dudes out here and fight some of these MMA dudes. They'll fucking don't eat their fucking lunch. Yeah. Hey. Well. I don't know how we got on this subject talking about. Oh, you know, uh, who fucking? <laughs> hey, man, it's called ADHD, homie. It's yeah. all good. Just go yeah. with it. Yeah, we were talking about uh, Detroit. You know what I was gonna ask? Oh, Detroit, yeah. Remember back when you came, maybe two thousand six or two thousand seven? We play, you played at a club called that Twenty Five Hundred Club. Do you remember that place by any chance? Yeah, by we played chance? there twice. Yeah. Well, one of the times I don't know, for some reason. I tell everybody this story, but uh, you know that song, uh, Don't Fight, Let's Party Tonight, your song? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you write that there? Or no, did you just happen to play it there one time? Because I remember one time you were like tuning your guitar or getting set up, and you were just f- singing along, just like f- making that song up is what it seemed like. And I always <laughs> tell people, you fucking made that song up in Detroit. I don't know if you did or not, but I just say that to people. <laughs> the thing was, is is like, on those tours, if, if I was still playing guitar, that means I was on my, I was doing a lot of stuff back then. Okay. Cocaine. You took a and, grand to the face, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a real song. Now I'm up all night. But no, I wrote Don't Fight, Let's Party Tonight. I'd just be like, you know, during sound check, I'd be like, and I'd be like, Don't fight, let's party tonight. <laughs> do a bump of coke now this shit's all right and i'd go back up to my guitar head and i'd bust a rail of cocaine right on fucking stage and that's how that song came about yeah that's a that's real like a sound check you were just getting all set up i was like i was like yeah. saying some crazy shit right now and then i heard it on the album whatever like a year later or so I was oh like, yeah i wrote it oh yeah i, like, I went to it. <laughs> well like, he put that shit on the record when you were just fucking uh like getting set up i thought that was awesome oh that that the thing with hoods is that I write every song like that. It's like I'll be just chilling and I'll be like, "Hey, check it out! I got an idea. I got ADHD, so I think differently." But with with that song, yeah, I used to I used to put a couple rails on my fucking guitar head and fucking don't fight. Let's party tonight. I didn't give a fuck if it's Tuesday. It's fucking Saturday. We're doing this shit. You know, <laughs> that's my mentality every day on tour when we go out. I don't fucking care. People are like oh, yawning and shit. It's Monday. I'm like fuck that. It's fucking Saturday night because tomorrow's gonna hurt. <laughs> then we're on Bet. tour for another two months. Who gives a fuck? That's the thing, dude. It's like it's like with hoods, man. I go through so many members because people couldn't keep up with me whether I was sober or not. And I'd I'd be out doing two hundred fucking twenty shows a year for ten years straight. 
and that's no fucking joke. I would clear 200 shows a year for, I think I did 12 years. I, the, the least amount of shows I did in 12 years was like 170 and the most was 223 in 220 days. Cause we were doubling up Sundays for a, a moment there. We were doing matinees and then we'd piss off a couple hours up the road and go play the evening event. Fuck man. Yeah. So- and, and and they, they, all these bands talk about like Henry Rollins and like getting the van and all this shit, like doing 90 days straight, man, I fucking do 90 days straight. Like nothing, you know, it, it, it doesn't phase me. I fucking, I lived in a van. I accumulated one day. I've lived in a van for almost 11 fucking years. Fuck. Yeah. I'm a fucking nomad, bro. And that's for dedication, but you know, it's, it's all I know, man. I've yeah. been doing this shit since I was 19 and be, before that I was in fucking traveling you know i i don't i don't know how to stop man and it's like even when hoods isn't going i'm in fucking thailand or like like today later today i'm gonna be on the top of a mountain somewhere i'm going hiking it's my day off i fucking get out man you got to get out there and live man yeah yeah man just but here it's like so the weather is like just now starting to break from the cold harsh fucking winter like it's like 35 37 degrees but that's good you know we're getting somewhere, you know, because that's, that's, that's the reason I like your city so much for the Red Wings is because that's what you got. You, you've got hockey and see out here in California, I'm fortunate. I could go hiking or some shit, but you're making the most of that shit. And that's why you got a beautiful hockey team, man. Yeah. And that's why I really, I I never was into hockey before I came to your city, but I was like, what do people do in Detroit? (laughs) They do drugs they play music and they play hockey. So you got cold as life, you got Detroit Red Wings, and then you got all the cold as life fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and we've all been up on top of the train station at least three times. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I asked I asked Jesse about that. Smash your enemies, Jesse. He's a yeah, good yeah. kid. Uh, I asked Jesse about that man, and I guess he said that somebody bought it or something got renovated or yeah i guess ford you know uh, the automobile company ford they had bought the property oh um check it check it here's what happened i went by it last time because i was i was like fuck it i'm gonna break in this motherfucker again (laughs) last time we played detroit on the way out of the city we went by that shit and i i went to go jump the motherfucking the thing and now it's all it it was all renovated and i was like man i ain't getting arrested no Yeah, there's windows and stuff because all the windows are fucking blown out. Like at one point, there's no. Yeah, windows oh, I broke a lot of them. I broke <laughs> yeah, them. Oh, fucking yeah. yeah, we broke a lot of them with the yeah. with the coldest life guys. <laughs> yeah, they were already broke before I got there. That's for sure. I don't think there's one piece of glass that I could have broken like the one time I went there, and I didn't go up on the roof because there's one last set of stairs, man. That were all all fucked up. You had to skip like three steps, and you're looking, Dude. you know, down yeah, to the bottom. If you look down, it went down like two levels. Oh yeah. Hey, but remember when you used to first go into the station mm-hmm. and you were in the big atrium that the where the people sat and they yeah, got their yeah. tickets basically a lobby that. yeah <laughs> the lobby in the lobby dude i remember <clears throat> people had come in with saws and they ripped a bunch of that tile out with saws proper saws oh yeah and that marble tile it was marble it was three quarter inch fucking marble tile if not inch <laughs> And I don't know if most people know this, but that marble, three-quarter inch marble, that shit is fucking money, bro. And I remember the 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 the, the place where the people sat waiting for the trains, they were all pews, like church pews, and they were still pristine and they were beautiful. 
and imagine how much those were worth or worth now. Oh, and yeah. it, it, in that documentary, the dude actually said that they're trying to incorporate a lot of the graffiti that was in there in the new uh, Ford factory or GM or. It, I, I don't know. I think it's Ford. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Ford owns that fucking building, so it must All be. Right. But uh, making coffee in there. Oh, good. Yeah, but like even um, you know, one of those infamous uh, coldest life photos, you know, where they're standing on like that dock with all the pit bulls and shit. Oh, with that little t- those ain't pit bulls. Those, those are little fucking, babies. There's a there's a chihuahua in there. Those are <laughs> there's like one pit bull in there. <laughs> we call them pit bulls, okay? It's cold as life. They're all mean pit bulls. <laughs> oh Christ! No. Cold as life is the nicest dude, man. Hey, Johnny Hate. Yeah. Fucking yeah! I remember hey, Johnny Hate, man. We were on tour with. I don't know if we were actually on tour, but it was like a week of shows. Because here's what we used to do. I used to hit Jeff up, Jeff Gunnels. And I'd be like, yo, we're coming out to Detroit. What's up? So he'd be like, I got your Detroit date booked. Don't trip. And then I would book a show in Chicago with Shane, Shane uh, Merrill. And Shane would book us in, in Chicago either Thursday and Friday. So we do, say, say for instance, we do Chicago Friday, Detroit Saturday, and then we do Cleveland Sunday. And what would eventually happen is it would be Hood's Cold as Life usually Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but mostly Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we would do that every time we come on tour hoods, hoods and coldest life. Every time we come through, we'd play shows with those dudes. And I remember Johnny hate passed away, you know, and we, I used to like, we, him and I would stay in the same room. Usually when everybody else would fall asleep, he would stay up till two, three in the morning, popping pills and drinking whiskey. And I was fucking wired to sound because I'm straight edge. And I would just remember Johnny Hate used to go around all the time just going, Hate! And he'd look all fucking mean. And one night, him and I were sitting there, and it's like fucking three in the morning, and he walks outside. We were at some kid's out, and he, he yells, Hate! Like, loud, he's fucking this one, and it looked like he's going to kill someone. And he didn't know I was next to him. He looks over, he's like, Hate! <laughs> and he goes, he goes, the fuck are you doing out here and i'm like i'm sitting on the porch he's like it's three in the morning i'm like okay i'm just out here sitting what the fuck are you doing out here yelling hate he's like he's like i don't know and we both just started laughing (laughs) just scaring people and the thing is is with johnny hate you would he would never smile he'd always smoke cigarettes and fucking fucking mad he's hate you know that's his fucking shit and that one time he fucking he opened up and he was like He, he was he's a nice guy. Him and yeah. A and Beast. Beast, um you know, Beast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean they're all yeah. all these dudes are like way older than me. Like I just know who oh, they yeah. are because of hate ink and shit. Yeah, like oh, they're older than I think they're older than me too, I think. But yeah, but I re, I remember hanging out with Beast at Roy's house, and Beast was asking us all these questions. And and I'm a little dude, you know, I'm five six. Beast is a big ass dude. Yeah. And he's an, intim- he's an intimidating dude. I grew up with dudes like that. You know, my dad and all his homies, they're tough motherfuckers. They're all old dudes. Like, and, and Beast was fucking with me for some reason. I don't know. He kept fucking picking on me or something. Finally, I was like, what? And I said something. And then we became hella good friends. I don't remember what the conversation was, but I, I, I think he would remember it. But at one point, I was like, man, fuck you, punk, or something. And it was just like, all of a sudden, we were like, yeah. And we all just be- became hella cool. And from that point on, man, Detroit. I love it. 
Yeah, yeah, man. Fuck. You know what's funny? Uh, last time you guys were here again, I remember. Um, you know who Dave Hayes is, right? From fucking Tyrant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's the dude with all the tattoos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, before I know, you got. Yeah. Yeah, because just before you guys had went on stage, like um, I think he took the mic and and he said, uh, "Free Jeff G, free Jeff G." He said that on the mic, uh, you know, because he was locked up, right? And um, yeah, of course. I give Dave credit because like six months later, fucking Jeff was released early, you know, due to the f- coronavirus shit. So yeah. I told Dave, I said, "All thanks to you, fucking you, yelling at uh, at the Hood show." He said, "Free Jeff G," and six months later, he was out. I said. Thank you, Dave. Nice to come on the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, Jeff's 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 a fucking he's an encyclopedia for this shit too. You know. Yeah. He's got a lot of stories. That's a he's good a really dude, nice man. Guy. Yeah, no, I didn't have him for long enough. On my first episode, I had them, but um, I only had him about like two hours. Uh, but there's so much. There's so much to them guys, and it was oh, kind yeah, of yeah. all over the place. Like oh, yeah. I was more of like a fanboy, like fanboying out. Like yeah, I know who you guys are. I've been around, but. But awesome to sit in a room and just talk some shit for a little bit, you know. Yo, I re- the, the the actual the actual first time I actually met Cold as Life and Jeff and all those guys in person was in Chicago, and that was the infamous Blood for Blood, Hoods, Cold as Life show in the in the basement of Bulldog Records, which used to be in the basement of Victory Records in Chicago, and the Bulldog Records was upstairs downstairs was the venue and we couldn't find a place to play the show and at this time none of us were on record labels or nothing we're just a bunch of kids you know we knew victory had a couple of good albums out at the time and this was i think 1995 96 i can't remember but it was definitely blood for blood hoods cold as life at the bulldog we're downstairs and a huge huge fucking fight chicago they had some weird ass like dudes at the show that night they, one of the black dudes had like swastikas on his neck it was just Losing. some weird shit. Just yeah. some weird schism with these old ass like Nazi skinhead white trash tweaker dudes. These couple of black dudes with swastikas and SS bolts, oh, and yeah. we ended up. And what happened was we played our set. Cool. Um, I think, I think, Cold as Life played next, and then Blood for Blood. But Gina, Gina was playing bass in Blood for Blood still, and while they were playing, this really drunk dude threw a fucking bottle. And it went past Gina's head like this. And I'm standing over on the side. I'm pretty sure with Jeff and Mario from Hoods. Jeff, Jeff called his life. We see this fight just start happening. And Shabo, I don't know if you know who Shabo is. He's, he's passed away now, but he's an old Boston head. He's one of the yeah, old Boston big guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Big, big Boston guy. He traveled yeah, yeah. with him. But this bottle passed Gina's fucking head. And Gina was a tough bitch. And she fucking was like, she looked around. And Rob and 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 Shab and all them, she looked at them and she was like, fuck this. She took her base and she hit this motherfucker. Next thing you know, it was like a fucking full-blown chaos. Not the Ray style, but the actual term. <laughs> Ray. <laughs> I love Ray. Hi, Ray. Um, but but <laughs> this this fucking huge fight starts. And this isn't a this isn't this a fucking a room that's like 600 square feet. It's fucking like two big ass living, it's tiny. And it's going, bam, 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 bam. I grab Mario. I'm like, yo. And I throw Mario in the in the fucking bathroom. Next thing you know, I think Jeff joined us in the bathroom. We locked the door. All And there's fucking, I can't make the noise because my roommates are asleep. But they're fucking stamping. They're like, oh, they're fine. And all you hear is all this chaos. And Jeff and I are like, 
and I'm like, so how long's the drive to Detroit? <laughs> and it, you know, and then the next night we play Detroit, and that's when we went to the clubhouse and the aforementioned stories. But yeah, that's when I met those guys. It was Hood's Coldest Life um, and um, Blood for Blood in Chicago. And and right as Blood for Blood left, they started breaking the windows out of Blood for Blood's van. And um, after all this commotion, this fucking little nerdy guy with glasses comes out, gets on a fucking phone, calls fucking 911. This guy's mm -hmm. name's Tony Brummel. He calls the fucking cops. He calls the police on Blood for Blood. He says they're heading north fucking east, you know, where, however the fuck you get to Boston out of Chicago. And he's like, it's a band full of fucking Nazi skinheads or some shit. And their windows are all broke out. And they just fucked up my club. Tony Brummel called the motherfucking police on Blood for Blood. And within six months, I think they found or caught wind that he had done that. And like, I think it was within six months, Blood for Blood had a fucking first album on old Tony Victory's label. Because Blood for Blood was going to fuck him up. And uh. by all means. Yeah, that I, I know I wasn't going to mention none of that victory stuff, but I remember Tony Bromo called the cops on Blood for Blood, and months later he signed him because he's a fucking little gutless pussy, and then he ended up ripping him off like he ripped off all the other hardcore bands. So fuck Victory Records. That's the only time you're going to hear me talk about victory from here out. <laughs> fuck Victory Records. Yeah, that whole thing's real cloud cloudy anyway. It's not even. You know, we're nothing to talk about, but like, dude, the dude, everybody been, hates fucking victory. I don't know. I don't know. That, that. that dude could have been the fucking legend if he would have done his shit right and been honest. That dude could have been a fucking gem. Instead, he turned into a spineless, greedy, rich, little filthy cunt that he's always been. Tony Brumble. Yeah. Fuck him, huh? I, I don't, if I ever see the dude, Come up and say hi. <laughs> a fucking, you know, it's like He's hiding I, in Jamaica I, somewhere. I don't. I don't hoods fucking, money. Fuck him. Hey, bro, he does owe us a lot of fucking money. I got the papers, bro. I got all the paper. I still get. I still get these fucking these quarterlies. He's still clearing ten to twelve grand. But recently, he sold to another. He sold all his victory um, stuff to a, a company called Orchard. I think it's called Orchard Group. So. I'm trying to get my albums back from them now. Yeah. I, I mean, I got I got all my other albums back yeah. from Eulogy. Remember Eulogy? They put out King yeah. is Dead, Girl Blaster. Eulogy fucked us. That dude fucked us just as hard, if not harder, than Victory. Because with Eulogy, we had they treated us really, really good at first. And then when King is Dead started blowing up and we were getting on Headbangers Ball and all that shit on MTV back in the day, that dude started de his name's John. I've tried to ask him, he's like. It was in the contract. Motherfucker, we got ripped off. Straight the fuck up. We got fucking ripped off. And to me, I was like, yeah, we're, I wrote The King is Dead about motherfucking Tony Brummel. And then, and then That's we go obvious. over there, I write a song about Tony Brummel. It's like, damn, now I'm going to be on the next fucking label. I'm going to have to write a song about the dude from Eulogy who fucked us too. It's like, fuck, dude. Why can't people just fucking be honest, man? You know? Yeah, especially especially honor among fucking thieves. At least we're all into hardcore. Don't fucking rip me off, bro. Especially me, because I'm not going to disappear. I'm going to keep coming to your city. And I've I've called that dude. I'm like, yo, make it right. Make it right. You can make it right. Just give me some fucking cash. That's all it takes. But 
it ain't even about the cash. It's just about the honor and respect, which, you know, those cunts didn't have it. Now they never will. Yeah, man, it was all hardcore shit. And, you know, just to shit on somebody and fucking take what's rightfully yours. And then, you know, is there some sort of timeline on those records, though? Like, can you get them? Five years. Oh, okay. But somehow they got it wrapped up in the fucking red tape to where, like, I just started getting my royalties for some of the um, eulogy shit. I, yeah. and, and when I went to try to get King is Dead and Ghetto Blaster back from Eulogy, he had sold it to fucking dude from Scars of Tomorrow who runs that record label up in C or in Portland, not Rise Records, but um, I don't know, you know, Mike. I yeah. like Mike, though. That dude's he's a straight shooter. I'm not going to say nothing bad against Mike from Scars of Tomorrow. He's always been a great guy to me. But Eulogy, they went and sold my motherfucking albums. Behind, they sold their whole catalog behind my... They couldn't have even said, hey, here's your shit back. After all these years of me fighting to get my fucking own music back. When I signed with Victory, I was 19 years old. You know, the guy promised us all this shit. It was a handshake. Unbeknownst to some young wet-eared kid, he fucked us, man. And, and that's my whole thing. People always think I'm a little harsh on Victory, but... When somebody, when you earn, when when you're out there 200 days a year earning your fucking stripes and living through hell and going through drug addictions, having no apartment to come home to, nothing, and this Tony Victory's over there sitting up, soaking all that fucking royalty shit up while you're slaving, and there's been times when we got arrested or needed some help or, or, or our fucking van blew up, and hey, what's up? Can you give us a hand? Fucking crickets. After all you've done for them, motherfucker. Huh? Hey, for all I've done to a lot of the for a lot of these fucking bands, I've paved the way for a lot of these bands coming up right now. And now when it's switch stance, I'm like, hey, what's up? Bring hoods on tour. Click. And 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 the thing is, is there's a lot of these bigger bands out there, and and they they probably will see this fucking interview. And it's like, I'm not gonna say nobody's name, but at the same time, the people who I've helped who are in bigger fucking bands, man. There's that thing called reciprocation, man. I scratched many fucking backs over these years when people fucking close that door slowly. And then they're like, oh, oh, hey, what's up, Mike? Yeah, I remember you helped us. I'm like, what's up, bro? <laughs> Fuck your fucking mother. Damn. But the, but the thing is, is I don't, I don't, I, I don't stop. I keep pushing, you know, certain um booking agencies won't fuck with us because most bands don't want to play after hoods because when I get on stage, it's not even about water. This shit's like Jackie Gleason up there throwing some. I like it to have a little comedy, some action. I like to get the crowd pissed off at me, and then by the end of the show, we're hugging, you know. I love and it. And then, yeah, you, you got to have character in hardcore, man. I don't know. I, I'm sorry if I go off on tangents, man. I just no, you're in. fine. It's good, man. That's it's. I got I got passion. ADHD. I have nothing but passion, man. You know I'm. A, I still don't have 50 bucks to my name, but I got all the passion in the world. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't either. I'm just for talking to you. Fuck. And, you know, it's. Oh, hey. Oh, thanks. That's how much I got going on. <laughs> you know, I want to get on the internet and talk to people. <laughs> I got fucking. Would you, would you try to interview Agnostic Front and you got hoods? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> dude. I haven't even. I fucking reach out to everybody and hope for, for the best. You know, some people want to be fucking rock stars. And it's like, you've seen the message, dude. Just tell me to fuck off. It's cool. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, you're not you into know, it, you know, move on. Just say, hey, no, thanks. All right. But you see speak, it, don't say nothing. Speaking of a lot of people who are still real nowadays and who've been around for years, speaking of which is fucking Vinny. Vinny Stigma. Oh, fuck yeah. The godfather that, that of hardcore. Dude, 
I check it out. I started writing letters to Vinny Stigma when I was about 11, 12 years old. And he would write me back. I've still got That's letters so from Vinny awesome, before dude. I before I even ever knew Vinny, before I was bunkmates with Vinny on tours and fart next to each other and playing. I played with we Hoods and Agnostic Fronts probably played at least at least 60 shows together, if not more, probably more. But but over the years, all the people who always remember you and call you back. I still get Christmas cards once in a while from Vinny. Vinny will call you on your birthday. So if so, if 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 anybody could learn anything from anybody, I know I get a lot of credit for a lot of shit, but if anybody could learn anything from anybody in hardcore, there's the one person to go to. It's Vinny Stigma. Yeah. Yeah, man. Fuck. And they were one of the last bands that I seen before the whole shit went down too. I seen like them and, and fucking Madball yeah. all in like a all in like a, three, yeah, all in like a three month span. But like, it was good to yeah. see them because they're always like you guys and Agnostic Front. They're always in Detroit like two three times a year for the most oh, part. Man. And then, like you fucking miss yeah. out, you know, all of 2020, just nothing. It's fucking nothing. Oh, uh, we we used to tour more than Agnostic Front. Then I opened the barber shop and I went MIA for about three years. I mean, we still were doing a hundred shows a year, but I just want to give a shout out to Vinny, obviously Agnostic Front, and the best hardcore band ever. Everybody always wants to talk about who's the best hardcore band ever. There's more things than just albums or how many tours or whatnot they've done. And I'll tell you one thing, sick of it all. They never had crew beef. They put out fucking album after fucking album after fucking album. They only rotated one bass player and they never fucking talk shit. They never got in bar fights for, well, I'm sure there was fights, but those guys always kept their noses clean and played great hardcore. Sick yeah. of it all. Fuck yeah, man. Sick of, it all. Sick of it all is the best hardcore band ever. And, yeah. and, and not only that, Armin likes soccer. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's one of the bands we we've done a bunch of shows with sick of it all too but uh, we done a, a bunch in europe a couple of years back and i just want to i want to go on tour with them just because they like soccer especially yeah. armand yeah but you know they still have a fucking tour book they're supposed to be here um in april <laughs> coming up man who knows yeah. i mean i don't know if it's gonna happen at this point yeah. i doubt it's gonna happen but it is fucking scheduled it's supposed to be uh sick of it all um Agnostic Front and uh, Crown of Thorns. It's supposed to. <laughs> oh, wow. Crown of Thorns. I know, that's, man. I know. It's like, I, remember, I remember when Danny and all them came out with Crown of Thorns years ago. And that's when I met, like, uh, I think uh, Nikki X was playing guitar for Crown of Thorns at the time. It might have been Scarion. I can't remember. I think it was Crown of Thorns. Yeah, Nikki X, uh, Lash, old graffiti artist Lash, DMS yeah. dude, uh, Danny. Um, I can't remember who all played what, but yeah, fucking, we had, we had Crown of Thorns play out at this place called the Cat Piss House because we didn't have a venue. It was an abandoned house off the river. No joke. Real fucking story. It was, and then a couple weeks later, I think, or before that was 25 to life. Then we ended up booking like the Dropkick Murphys out there, you know? <laughs> that's yeah, a whole man. nother fucking, that's a whole nother interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking, uh. So I don't even know where we're. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I thought you were gonna say the best, uh, the best uh, of a hardcore band of all time. I thought you were gonna say uh, Powerhouse for sure. Oh, Powerhouse, another great band. Yeah. I, they're doing stuff again. I talk to Eddie once in a while. I see Chris like maybe once, twice a year. When yeah, you know he's he's on the road a lot with Lars and all those guys. But yeah, Powerhouse, great band. I told him if they need a, a second guitarist or bass player, I played with Powerhouse for about a little bit more than a year at okay. one point in my life. 
Um, I would go out to Oakland three days a week, 90 miles, one direction, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And Tuesdays and Thursdays, I left for hoods. But I would go out there three days a week and practice with Powerhouse. And then after practicing for a fucking year, I was like, dude, we got to play some shows. And we ended up playing Slims. We ended up playing um, West Coast Worldwide. And then we ended up playing some other show. And then I quit because I started going on with, it was just too much, man. I was driving 180 miles, uh, three days a week round trip to play in Powerhouse. But I did get, I I did do a big ass show at Slims with Powerhouse. It was fucking awesome. I was rocking some, some ESP guitar with an upturned neck. Looked like some butt metal guitar. But yeah, Powerhouse is back. Um, I, I, I think I think they're going to be playing shows. Walter, I just talked to Walter the other day. He tried to come get a haircut because he cuts his own hair and he he don't know how to taper the back as well as I do. What up, Walter? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just thinking because that song, um, Ernie Cortez, like that's one of my yeah. favorite songs. Like, um, like, do you just know them just from like playing with them, or Ernie, or did you guys just know it which is the hardcore scene and shit? Well, Hoods and Powerhouse at Hoods and Powerhouse at late '94. I met Chris and all those guys when they were on tour. We booked Madball in Sacramento at this place called the Guild Theater on 35th and Broadway, and I believe that was 1994. Um, it was late '94 when Hoods had just started. We didn't get on the show, but we'd already been playing shows. So you know, I got pictures with like like Vinny and all them from that sh- from that actual show. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's when I met the Powerhouse guys, and I actually got my nickname, Mikey Hoods that my my name's mike but for some reason chris powerhouse used to call me mikey hoods and he had that jerk he had that new jersey accent and next thing you know everybody affectionately known i guess is mikey hoods so i i just kind of i it still weirds me out when people call me that because uh, you know people actually think that's my real last name which it is oh yeah 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 i know for sure but, but um yeah they uh yeah chris powerhouse i'm pretty sure he's the first person who ever called me mikey hood and was and that, that was, the band already that he just came up with that well i mean he'd yeah. be like hey there's mike mikey mikey hoods or, or back then you know you'd just mikey be like oh hoods, yeah. chris powerhouse you know oh there's chris powerhouse mikey hoods oh ernie was this ernie because ernie cortez oh if we wouldn't call him Ernie Cortez. We'd just be like, there's Ernie. Ernie, Ernie Cortez, the best thing was is we're, we were all pretty in good shape. You know, I'm still in pretty good, you know, fight and shape, whatnot. But back in the day, some guy came by and Jay Donut was playing drums for Powerhouse. And we were outside of Slim's. And, and this dude came by and smacked his bitch right on her ass. She had a big old plump ass. I mean, you know, but, and... We seen this dude slap Jay, Jay Donut, drummer of Powerhouse. We saw him slap Jay's bitch in the ass. We, we were like, fuck that. We started chasing this dude up the street. Chris Powerhouse and I and Eddie are running. We finally get this dude. We start whipping his ass. I'm kicking him in the fucking mouth, dropping elbows, you know. And I'm stepping. Oh, we used to do the bad beat down shit. I mean, we'd fucking, we'd sure to kill someone. It was horrible. I, I'm not glorifying that. But we kicked the dude's ass. For sure. And... And, and, and like 30 seconds later, we're, we just smashed this dude so bad. We're like, just leave him. He's finally getting up. Ernie comes up. <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> and I'm just like, right over there. Ernie goes up and just, the dude's on his knees and Ernie just grabs him and just goes, bam, lights out. Nobody home. <laughs> and yeah. Well, well yeah, yeah. 
Whatever. You said you're not glorifying that, but some people should get their fucking ass kicked for for doing stupid shit. So. Yeah, I mean, the thing was, is I we used to. It was I don't know. There was a lot of things, you know, just like that floor punch show at the Coca Tree. You know, I hit a guy in the fucking head with the with a tire iron and almost killed him. And I see people put those that picture up all the time. I'm the guy swinging the fucking crack. I'm cracking the dude. They're thinking Sammy the mix the one. Sammy's behind the guy with like some little kid bat. You know, one of those bats you buy. The little kid bat. The hit the little tennis ball. Yeah, He's yeah. hit the dude in the head with a little bat. He's in the picture behind the dude, like ready to crack the dude in the head. And I'm in a green hoodie with a beige beanie on, and because uh, I already put my disguise on, so if the cops come. It was actually a diehard youth um, green beanie. It had the rat bones, but I got a tire iron out of my car to put it down my my short leg. Came back from the show, I popped this dude in the motherfucking temple twice right here. The dude falls on the ground and he's spitting white shit out. And the dude's a vegetable to this day. And a lot of kids think that that shit's cool. And and you know it was it was part of the time and it's part of earning your stripes and coming up, man. But I hope I never have to get in a fight like that again. Yeah. No. I agree. You know, a lot of we've all done some fucking stupid, pointless shit. You know, uh, I've people. done I've done more than that. You know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Some more than others, but you know, you move on. You know, you grow up, and you know, you look back, and your stomach just fucking turns because like the dumb shit. Like, yeah. There's lots of instances in my head where I'm just like, I like to think all about of, that shit, man. You know. Whatever. You know. People always go, "Yo, why don't you make a T-shirt out of it?" <laughs> and and I seen one of them, some kid was about to make some shirts with that on the back. And I kind of got on his shit. And I was like, man, please don't do that. I don't want to glorify that. No. And it's like, I, I, I know you got to go out and earn your stripes. And I know you got to beat the fucking shit out of people sometimes. But to, to you know, to, to keep seeing it come up and shit, that was a bad part of my life, man. I, I literally almost had to move down to Mexico. You know, because I thought I was going to get um, prosecuted for that. So I would have got at least, you know, I would have got I would have probably just been getting out. Yeah, man. That's hey. <laughs> but uh <laughs> so, so now we just uh, glorify uh tacos, cats, and blunts, right? Always, bro. Hey, speaking <laughs> of speaking of people getting out, Jeff, man, I love you, Jeff. You've yeah, always fucking Jeff has always helped me. I don't I don't know what the politics are of hardcore, who likes Jeff or who doesn't like Jeff. Jeff, you're a fucking gem. I like Jeff. Jeff is a real, real ass motherfucker. Jeff will tell you to your face whether he, he'll, he's a straight shooting motherfucker. And you don't see that no more in hardcore. And when I talked to Jeff a while back when he, he had recently just got out, of course. And I don't know if I was one of the few people he hit out on the West Coast, but he contacted me. And I fucking love that dude, bro. And if there's one solid person you got in Detroit, to me, the eyes and ears of your whole scene is Jeff. Yeah, man, he's fucking down after being gone almost a decade. Like I asked that dude, him, that dude's a fucking leader, man. Yeah, yeah, like being gone a long time, and I, I kind of had this idea for like whatever the podcast or whatever you want to call it, and I said the only way I'm going to do it is to represent Detroit hardcore the fullest, and I think the best way would be to be call it what it is, the fucking terror zone, you know? Absolutely. And, and I had that yep. idea uh, before he was out, but I never. I was like, I'm not going to do anything. I don't know who to ask besides him, you know, because I could bite that name, but I figured yeah, it's a yeah. small place. I better get the hey. permission. I don't want to piss nobody off just in case, you know. Hey, so. that's, that's, that's respect, man. That's your city. 
yeah yeah because if i'm going to represent her or like or say i'm part of this scene you know and i'm gonna call it that i should probably ask make sure it's cool you know i don't want to step on no toes or whatever and uh it's like but it came like in and out of my head for for a few months and then i fucking was like fuck it i'm just gonna ask jeff like hey i thought of this idea he's like i fucking love it do it and hey that's rad yeah and him and hey, Mark were the first that- guests that that is a repetitive ass song though. That's a long fucking song. <laughs> it is a very long song. <laughs> you hey, you you know you know what the best coldest life song is besides Born to Land Hard, is um actually I what's that Bleeding Heart, Bleeding Heart. Hold on, that th- those are top songs, but the best song coldest life ever wrote was Addicted. Yeah, which version? <laughs> you know the, the one the where one on the like demo. Jet- yeah, 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 the yeah. demo oh. version, bro. That yeah, is the nastiest fucking song. Then that bleeding is punk heart. As fuck too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's straight skinhead, bro. That ain't even punk. That's skinhead shit. That's sneaker skin. But that song, bleeding heart and born to line heart, hardest songs. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, just hold on, I gotta it. let my cat in. Okay. <laughs> You're about to be on TV. Don't come in here. You're on TV. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you in a minute. I gotta go out to do my um, go out through the garage. Cat, I'm I don't think she realizes I'm on a fucking like big ass like podcast shit. You know? it's there's gonna good, be man. there's gonna be at least 20 people who see this shit. <laughs> at least 20, hopefully. Yeah. No, well, no. hey, uh, what, what else do we gotta do? What 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 else? What other questions can we get to? Uh, I don't know, man. I see that piece behind you next to your fucking amp. What's that? What kind of gun you got back there? <laughs> oh, Oh shit! I thought you were talking about my bomb. Oh yeah, oh, that too. Oh, oh man. Oh, this is um, this is the Ooh. showstopper, bro. <laughs> that's that's a, American Muscle, bro. That's a piece right there. Yeah, shit. that's a that, that's a um, that's uh, my AR. That's but I used to, uh, yeah. This that's this one's cool. nice. I just got this one. I'm about to go shooting probably today. I, I, I shoot this one. I just got this gun, um, but th- this one's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to get a, a revolver next. You're not surprised you're allowed to even have that in California. <laughs> um, the reason is, is with this gun right here, after you go through a magazine, um, it cracks right here. Yeah. So that's what, that's what makes this California compliant. Because, like, I pop my magazine in, I'm ready to rack, boom, 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 I'm done. Drop my magazine, this thing automatically breaks. So I got to... Yeah. That's why, that's what makes makes this uh, California compliant. Well, that'll keep you protected, huh? Well, I'm not into guns for, like, hunting and all that shit. Yeah. I just I I got that gun right there just because you never know. Yeah, and then but, you in the hood? Uh no, I live in a fucking beautiful neighborhood. Good. I live in a I live in a, a good neighborhood now. Good. Um but I got that. That's that's not my home defense. I, I just I I like guns. I don't I've I, I'm vegetarian. I don't go out to shoot animals. I don't mind shooting people oh, if I have to. But uh You're yeah, I, I don't I, I Yeah, you. I don't shoot I don't shoot animals or I've, I've never shot. I've shot a bird when I was like seven years old, and I felt awful. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I don't hurt anything. I go out and shoot targets and shit. Nice. But um, but uh, far as far as protection, <laughs> you know, this, this, this 
I don't know. They're trying to outlaw this shit. And that's probably the, like the main reason I got it is because I can. But is if this gets, if, if these kind of firearms get in the wrong hands, it, it's, it's, it could be devastating. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, I'm not, that's, that's overkill that gun. Um, but, but I like it. Yeah. I like it too. And, I, and, and I'm not going to go out to some mosque and hurt somebody or hurt no. people who have different opinions. It's just more just to have go shooting. Yeah. It's like, oh, check my gun out. I can't fucking afford an expensive car, but I could get a cool firearm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, you're not hurting anybody unless you want to, as you no. could with any fucking any anything, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, well, if 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 someone gets in my house, the last thing the worst thing they could worry the least worst thing they could worry about is that gun. I'm gonna come at them with I got fucking knives and machetes and screwdrivers and shit. You know, I'm gonna puncture them. I'm not gonna shoot them. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I feel that. Well, oh yeah. yeah. For real. So you guys working on anything? You haven't had anything out in a while now. You put out. Dude, uh, we just dude, did like a couple hey, songs a couple years ago. That was about it, right? Hey, this fucking album's done. I gotta lay vocals on one more track. I got seven new songs. I'm not shopping it to labels right now. I'm waiting for this fucking virus shit to be done. I just gotta mix master it and do that one song. And it's it's ready to go. I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna release the seven inch. I'm going to do West Coast Worldwide in the United States or license it through a company here. And I've got straight up records I can fuck with in Japan. Then in Europe, I'm going to fuck with Cortex. I got a homie in Australia. So I'm going to try to do four different releases and then do a seven inch, get that going. And then I'm going to put an EP out because no one listens to full lengths no more. Let's be real. No. So right now, right now I'm, I'm going to push for these next seven songs for Hoods to come out. I'm going to do videos for at least five of them. And then fucking tour like we always do, man, and get back on the fucking road. The coronavirus sits at us off. But the thing was, is in 2019, we did 110 shows. And this, in, 2000, in 2020, we were supposed to, we would have cleared 150 shows. So it, we, never, we never fell off. We never stopped. We just, we just started touring Europe exclusively because for years in the United States, you couldn't get paid 500 bucks and spend 600 to get to the next show. Yeah, because the gas prices and we had fucking Obama fucking. I mean, I I voted for Obama the first time, but that put the fucking cop the nail in this country back then. And and right after that, the fucking gas prices and everything went up. And that's when we started to in Europe. Yeah, you can't make money off off fucking music anymore either. So it's well, hey, watch the gas prices right now. Look at, I mean. Yeah. We're fucked. Yeah, I know the they've already gone years. up. They've already gone up, fucking. So what is you it? There? What's your gas price up. there, though? What's your gas price um, there? I spent four dollars and nine cents on eighty-seven yesterday. A gallon? Yep. For me, I thought it was insane. I paid like like two fifty-two. What? <laughs> Yo, hey, that's Cali, bro. That's Gavin Newsom, man. Yeah, that's yeah I knew it was high there, out. but I didn't know four fucking bucks these politicians are running California into the fucking ground. You know, it's like the, the San Francisco is destroyed. Oakland is destroyed. Los Angeles is destroyed. Sacramento is the meth capital of fucking the West coast. It always has been. It's getting to, it's getting to the point where, you know, if, if we don't switch up our representation of our local, you know, I don't know what the terminology would be, but, we got to get our fucking shit straight. And, you know, especially like, I'm no one to complain. Look at Flint, Flint, yeah. Michigan. 
how many fucking how many politicians say they're going to help you and haven't done a fucking thing? All of them. Zero credibility. Yeah. And keep that in, like I said earlier, keep that in mind when people have different political views. Fuck all politicians. Keep yeah. keep your friendships over any politics, straight up. Unless there's some Nazi, then you shoot them in the fucking mouth. <laughs> then, then you bring out the old Betty Ford clinic and it's time to get down. Tap, tap. Ooh, that's it. Nighty night, keep that butthole tight. hey yeah man i mean we can wrap it up that was fucking good time okay word hey rob thank you very much man and uh next time i'm in detroit man hopefully we could catch up with jeff beast dougie bird uh we could do a cool like uh, i don't know who's cool back i hear different things about i'm not into i don't know anything about detroit or who's cool with who but i love jeff man and if I and I definitely want to see Jeff next time I'm out there, bro. Yeah, yeah, man. I thought about you next time, uh, like a show wherever. I want to fucking bring my shit there and do it, you know, live on the scene. Absolutely. You know, Any, anything. Hell yeah, anything bro. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it again, and um, I'll let you know in the out if you want to fucking rewatch it or tell your friends or whatever. But what I was gonna, what I was gonna ask you is like, when when you do have it properly ready, just let me know how to um how to share it and stuff and i'll and yeah. I'll, I'll, promote, I'll promote it because what you're doing is cool and Thank it's you. like and you're welcome the thing is is we used to have zines we used to have this wonderful zine that this guy's back by the way chris chris win he's from new york city he does in effect magazine so what you're doing right now props to you for doing that it's basically like a fanzine that yeah. you could watch so so this this is the new version of the zines. So and not only that, check out Chris Wynn at In Effect as well. Yeah, and there's a lot of other people doing it. So there's a lots of fucking shit to look at. Uh, hey man, um, hardcore hardcore's fucking back, dude. 2019, I went back on the road in the United States with hoods. We did this is hardcore out in Philly. Fucking we went all the way out there. We did 37 shows in 36 days. And fucking before this pandemic, our shit is back. We'll see you on the road for sure. All right, man. Thank hey, you. Hey, maybe, hey, maybe I can hit up Jeff. Hood's cold as life. Oh shit! Let me dream. You know that could happen. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, easy to get a hold of. You have to start working it out now. We'll make it happen. I'm on it. I'm gonna call him next. All right, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll talk to you. Thank All you. right, bud. See you, man. Thank you, guys, man. Cheers. Right. That was interesting, huh? Now you know, Mikey Hood's fucking hilarious, and he's fun to talk to, and. When he has new shit coming out, you need to support it. Support the touring bands. Stop being a bitch. You know you're going to listen to this shit and say, Oh, I haven't seen Hoods in fucking ten years. You just need to show up. Come out. Support. doesn't matter who it is. I know. I'm guilty of it too. But I'm back, baby. We're all back. We're all in this together. We loved this shit, you know, 15, 20, 5, 10 years ago. Now, we have no fucking excuse Okay, the pandemic came and fucked your whole life up. Now it's time to come back to what you truly love. That's hardcore shows. Hanging out with your friends. Not too old. I'm not too old. Get it together. Come out. Have a good time. Thank you again for listening and supporting. Once again, check this shit out on Instagram. Share it. Share the YouTube links. Whatever the fuck you gotta do. Let's take this bitch over. Thank you again. (laughs) 